Well, the time has arrived. The much-anticipated conversation with the one and only Rabbi David Heber. Rabbi Heber is with us live via telephone. He is author of the brand-new book entitled The Intriguing World of Jewish Time, Fascinating Zmanim and Calendar Calculations. It is an Israel bookshop uh, publication, and it is available to you both in your bookstores uh, but maybe more conveniently at IsraelBookshopPublications.com. Again, IsraelBookshopPublications.com. Uh, go to that site and uh, purchase The Intriguing World of Jewish Time, a recent release by our amazing friend, Rabbi David Heber. Rabbi Heber, of course, is Kasha's administrator at the Star K. He's spiritual leader of Kahal Avas Yisrael Tzemach Tzedek down in Baltimore, Maryland, where earlier today we learned from one of our commentors, commentators on the app, that Nate Sachama in Baltimore, depending on who you ask, was sometime, Nate Sachama, by the way, is Sunrise, was sometime between 7.07 and 7.09 this morning. Rabbi Heber, Shana Tova, and welcome back to JM in the AM. You too, good yar, Shana Tova, and a good chaydash to all of your listeners and to you. I hope you're... Yantif was nice as ours. Yantif was, uh, Yantif was wonderful. Hello. Let's start with that because I'm going to jump right in. My children surmise after this Yantif season that of the four setups, the Tuesday-Wednesday is the most difficult, even more difficult than the three-day Yantifs. Do you have an opinion on this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've, I've had an opinion on this since third grade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, think, I think kids in school love this. This combination and people who work uh, have a difficult time with the situation. It all depends on who you ask. Well, yeah. well, there you go. It's a, it's a very subjective question. By the way, did you announce a time for Nate Sahama? Was there a controversy down in Baltimore? What time sunrise was this morning? Yeah, yeah no. I mean, we are so interesting. We have a, our shul has a minion that I was at six twenty, Rishchayda six thirty regularly, right? But we started last year a uh, a minion like for people who don't want to you know rush and who don't want to have before Nate. So during the winter we have one that uh, has Nate. So like people in the Dafyami, they finish at six thirty and then they'll start a little bit later to to dominate at Nate's. And uh, we just started that. It's actually a portion this week at a at a base level that minion because yeah. uh, that minion. But uh, it, it all depends. This is a huge conversation of exactly how to calculate sunrise, and it's uh, it's becoming a very, very uh, um, more widespread discussion. You know, you would think sunrise is just so basic, right? But it, it, it really, without getting into major detail, right? You know, the Naval Observatory just takes sea level, but yet the actual sun comes up. You know, based on on not only altitude but the, the topography around you. If you want to read a lot about it, there's a website by Reb Chaim Keller from from Israel. I met with him on, on a visit there. Wonderful person. It's High Tables. That, that's also a website with flights, right. flight information. Right. He has a whole write up about topography. He he could give you any sunrise based on the topography around you in different neighborhoods, and it's really fascinating. It's, just, it's a never ending uh, discussion. And sunrises. I mean, I got a few charts of sunrise. Of, of how to calculate it, but uh, anyway, it's interesting to ask. 
Rabbi Heber is with us, of course. The book is called The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. I'm going to try to speak about the book during this conversation, but if we run out of time, Rabbi Heber, I am committed to you to bring you back just to talk about the book. There's so many things I want to ask you about 5782. Many people thought it was appropriate that our first conversation about 5782 be on the first day of the year, the brand new year that we say, those are the extra words that are included in Musaf today and tomorrow and until the second month of Adar this year uh, because it is a leap year. And my good friend Rabbi, Rabbi Benji Kramer pointed out to me two things. Number one, Pasha brings to um, I, I brings the total number of things that we say in that portion of Musaf to 13, which is interesting because we have 13 months this year. And he also pointed out to me that uh, it's interesting that we stop saying Ulchaparas Pasha in Adar Beis. And it's sort of like indicating that once Adar Beis is finished, the second month of Adar is gone, we are sort of no longer in a leap year, if you get what I say on a, you know, on a, more, on a more abstract level. What's your reaction to that? Right. I mean, I, I, one of the reasons given, there's several reasons given to Ulchaparas Pasha. One of them is simply... You have an extra month to do something wrong, so you need that extra <laughs> kaparas pasha, right? Which means That's true. Uh, atonement. Kapara is the same as this Yom Kippur. Uh, atonement, pasha are, are you know are sins. So another very interesting reason is you find a discussion of you know why is it a leap year this year? So our calendar is of course what's called al pichesben, which means it's done by by calculation. Not Alpiri'i anymore, which means by sight of the moon, when they, in the days of the Sanhedrin, they would actually declare the new moon and the new month by sight, and we can't do that anymore. But it used to be they had to calculate, should this be a leap year, not a leap year? So there was a discussion in the, by Chizkia as to whether or not it's a proper pick of should this be a leap year or not, because there's a lot at stake, because technically... If you pick the wrong year, you're going to end up, when you're eating those hamantashen on, on uh, Shushan Purim, right. you're eating hamantashen on Pesach, right? right. So, so the kaparas pasha is kind of like if we made a mistake, you know, it should be a, a kapara. So once other base comes around and we've already declared the new moon, so then that month is it, then we're done. Then right. we're kind of like in the clear. I think that's Very. one of the reasons why we stopped. Very good. Very good. Excellent. I love that. Uh, by the way, I, I know you have a lot of stuff to tell us about the brand new year. I wanted to point out a couple of things. Can I assume, since we start saying the same Talumatar next week in Israel, can I assume that this is one of the longest stretches between when Israel starts and when the diaspora starts to say the same Talumatar? Yes, it, it is. It's a long, it's going to be a long stretch because it's an early year, which is what, which is one of the you know, one of the interesting points of this year, really last year and this year, I've been extremely early. It's, it's, right. it's only two days later than that super early year in 2013. Um, the previous year was the fifth year of the 19-year cycle, which is the second earliest, and, um, and therefore feeding into the sixth year, the beginning of the sixth year, until we get to Adar, where we finally catch up, it's an extremely early year, which is why the Amtaivim were done by the time we started, um, uh, you know, October. Right. All the Amtaivim were done already. We're going to be, right. in three years from now, we're going to be in the Assassinate Shuba in, in October, right. which is pretty amazing. That is so my amazing. point here is that because it's such an early year, 
the seventh day of Cheshvan, which is when Israel begins the Saint Talmud of the is so early, and it's so much earlier than the December fourth by Mariv, which is which is the time that we start. So we have that you know longer, as you say, longer discrepancy. Absolutely. Is the regular parochas back in your synagogue, or was that before Shabbos Bracious or after Shabbos Bracious? We put it up before Shabbos right. Bereshis. So this drives uh, me crazy. This drives me crazy because I am of the opinion, and look, you're an old-timer. You you know what it was like in the old, large synagogues. Am I right? And I know we've discussed this before, but the ble- best thing about having me as the interviewer is I don't remember anything that we discussed last year. <laughs> am, I right or, am, I, am I right or wrong that in Jewish tradition it always seemed when we were growing up that the month of that during the month of Tishrei until after Shabbos Bereshis, that, par- that white parochas, was not touched. Am I just dreaming that? Okay, so I'm going to say on that, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember a lot of things, but I don't, I don't remember the project. But on the topic of Parachas, I must mention yeah. that in the summer I was in, for one day I went to, to the Menachem Oval, a very, very uh, dear member of ours, uh, Ramosi Truhaft, who was sitting Shiva in, in Zurich uh, for his father, Olav Shalom. And we went, we literally, a few of us flew in, we came in in the morning, and we we took a flight in the afternoon, right. you know, back home. We right. just went to Mount Hamal, but the, we were there for several hours, and I met with the Rav, uh, Rav, Rav Levy, who's a very, very dear friend of mine, and we also took a, a brief tour of the IRG Shul, which is a 120, 130-year uh, kihila in, uh, in Zurich, and they showed us, it was an informal tour, we went in there to the Shul, one of the, one of the one of, uh, you know, people from there just took, took us around, and we saw and in India, they have many different parochas that are there. It's unbelievable. They change them for each each yontif has a wow. different parochas. So we're used to white and wow. the rest of the year. They have a parochas for shvuas. They have a parochas for, I, I, I forgot already exactly. Wow. But there's a, there's a small closet. It was beautiful. It's a closet lined up. One parochas, I think we're nine or ten. Wow. I don't remember the exact number, but it's beautiful to see. And, of course, that's the, the, the Yekisha tradition of, each yontif gets its own nigin. Each yontif right. gets its own right. Um, uh, a paraiches. Each yontif gets its own shiramalis. And it's funny um, because it's funny because last Friday when I was really you know focused on this issue because of course last Friday was Arab Shabbos Bracious. So last Friday someone said to me that they are that they remember that the Yekisha community of Washington Heights changed the parochas back before Shabbos Bracious. I said, "What? Is that I said I said if that's the case then I concede on this issue. If the if the German Jewish community changes it back during Tishrei then I completely concede because who would be more into tradition than that community of course. But if somebody knows, if somebody's up in Breuer's now or if anybody knows when they changed the parochas, I'm begging you, please let us know. Rabbi Hebers with us his brand new book, The Intriguing World of Jewish time. You can go to IsraelBookshopPublications.com, IsraelBookshopPublications.com, and we'll try to get to uh, some of the issues in the book in just a couple of minutes. All right, a couple more things on my list before I I, I give the um, floor to you, uh, Rabbi Heber. Um, the, the One of our listeners pointed out that this year, because it is set up, right, Tuesday, Wednesday, there is some type of discrepancy about which Hoshanas you say on the fourth day, is that is there a reason why this setup calls for a controversy regarding which Hoshanas to say on that day of Yantif? Yes, that is true. If you look at the old art scroll Sidurim, it's got an asterisk. I think they, I think they changed it and they just put in one minig, um, and and there is an asterisk for that because the. Now I don't have this one exactly on the top on the top of my tongue here. 
But each Hashanah, I know the first day, for example, um, the Hashanah, the, 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 the second day was, was the first is about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it was about right. Hashem. Right. And that's that uh, of the Hashanah. The right. second one is Evan Shia, which is about the Beis Hamikdash. Right. The third day, interesting, is Erech Shui, and right. that's about Yom Kippur, because it's the same day of the week as, as Yom Kippur was. Um, it was a week later, so you're 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 kind of like thinking, "Hey, we were in shul a week ago, right, right now, on on you know, davening on the Yom Neirim. and then the next, the last one is about Mayim, um, Adina Mashi, I believe, is the one before Hashanah Rabbah. Now, when Shabbos comes and things get shifted, those middle ones are questionable. Which one takes precedence in the middle? And again, I don't have on my fingertips right. the exact reason. But I once I once gave a sheer on this. I have notes on this. But the middle ones, it's a question of which one are we going to give priority to, A or B, as far as the reason, and therefore one of them, you know, so to speak, wins out over the other one, and therefore that's that's the basis of the machlokes. Amazing! What a tradition and heritage we have, Rabbi Heber. Do you know? And again, this is off the top of your head. Obviously, I don't expect you to know it, but I'm curious because one of our listeners brought it up. Do you know the last time? That it was both a leap year and a shemitah year together. Is it very? I mean, I would assume just mathematically, it's really, uh, um, it's really rare, right? So the last time, okay. So I believe the two thousand and eight. Um, we had I that set up. Was the last time two thousand seven two thousand eight was the last time it happened. But here's here's a really interesting uh, point. Yeah. The last time. We had a Shemitah that was 384 days. Okay? Yeah. Right? That's the rarest number of days possible. First of all, let me just back up a minute. There's a Gemara Sanhedrin that, that says a leap year Shemitah should not be a leap year because right. you have an extra month. And right. as we know, during Shemitah, the, there's, there's no work of the land. And it's, it's uh, we, we don't want to add an extra month. So I actually speak about this uh, in my paper and... Um, in my in Shari's Manim, I, I speak about this. I don't believe I speak about it in the book, but um, the, the answer to this is that there are different reasons why we make a leap year. There used to be reasons for actually infrastructure, bri- uh, the, the bri- uh, bridges and roads had to be fixed, and if the winter was worn down, they needed an extra month. The Gemara Sanhedrin says that. So for those reasons, we didn't make a leap year. That's in the days when they made leap years based on on, on calculation. Okay, then what happened was that now we only make leap years because of of you know the the, the Pesach Shafala in the spring, so that takes precedence over Shemitah, and therefore in our calendar system, we allow a Shemitah during a leap year. It happens seven times every hundred thirty three years. Unbelievable. That's so typically it, on average once in nineteen years. Now a leap year is either three eighty three, three eighty four, or three eighty five. 384 days is the least common number of days in a year. And 385 is, is, days and 385 is the most we can ever have in a year. Correct. That's correct. But 384 only happens when you have a leap year after a year with, with Purim on, on Friday. So you see already, it's, it's Purim on a Friday is not that often. Right. And then you got a leap year after that. Is going to only is going to also make it very uncommon. It would be the same so, as, Sha- as Shabbos Erev Pesach, which we know is the rarest. So. Ex- exactly right. So that last happened in ninety four ninety five. Right. That was not a shemitah. Okay, the last time a three hundred eighty four day year was a shemitah year was ninety eight years ago, 
which was 1924, 1923, 24, um, tough race, pay dollars. And guess what began on that Rosh Hashanah of that year? Tell me. Dafyaimi. Wow. Right? Interesting. Dafyaimi began on the Christmas, the famous legend, not legend, the famous story that the Chavetz Chaim came to the Kisikadayla and, and he stood up for, um, for Lublina Rav. Right. That was about two, three weeks before Rosh Hashanah. And then the second part of that story was the, of the acceptance was the Ger Rebbe on Rosh Hashanah night said, get me a Gemara Brachas. And, and then we're doing that base. And then when the Rebbe did that, right, everybody, right, yes, everybody did this, everybody followed and it, it caught on to the Chavetz Chaim and the, and the, and the Ger Rebbe, I want to say MS was the Rebbe at the time. Um, uh, um, but I, I might be mistaken, but it was the Gare Rebbe. So between that, that Fiyami caught on. That was on a Monday night, Rosh Hashanah, 1923, which was the beginning of a Shemitah year. Amazing. Rabbi David Heber is with us. Purim and Lagba Omer are always the same day of the week? Yes. Um, Peleg it, is the way to remember that. In this week's Parsha, the name Peleg, um, which, of course, he was born by the door of Florida. Oh, Purim, Peleg. And, Purim and Lag. Purim and Lag, yeah. Um, am I right? Because you made a big deal about the next time we have a year without any double partios. But am I right that that you that that, that am I right that this year five seven eight two there'll be only one double partio? Am I right about that? That's correct. That is going to be the Tzam right. at the very end. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, not this Matzah. I'm sorry. The Tzam will be separate. Will be separate. Right. Matzah Matzah together. But in Israel, every partio is separate because it, it, we're going to have. We're gonna to have to speak again Pesach time, <laughs> right? We'll be is, right, all the we're gonna right. have this again, right. which has been happening very often. Yeah, but we're gonna to have to remember this because the next discrepancy is not for another twenty some odd years. The long discrepancy all the way from Pesach till uh, uh, Masay till the base of the next time it's gonna happen is in I believe about twenty twenty one years or so. We're not gonna have this discrepancy. We've had a bunch of them. Right. We will have other shorter discrepancies, but right. not but not this, this long. lengthy yeah, one. It goes and everybody asks the question, right? So, you know, what, what, well, we've discussed this. Dvarim Erev, Erev Tishabab, right? I mean, Dvarim during Shabbos Chazon. Also, about Midbar, when we went by Midbar before right, Shabbos. Right, uh, Actually, also, right. I have a whole lengthy discussion right. of this uh, in, in the book. But my point here is that um, in Israel, every part is going to be separate. Right. How, right? However, in, in, in Chutzlar, it's Every parsha the next time is separate is going to be twenty fifty two. And when we are off of uh, when we're one week off of the parshios, you know this coming spring season, Rabbi Heber, you know my attitude toward that. You're gonna you're gonna have to sit through my rant on that one. We'll hear we'll hear about it. We'll hear about it. We'll, you, we'll defend it. You, we'll it. you certainly will. You're gonna have no choice. Okay. Put up a great yeah. defense. Uh, and I'll turn to you in a second for the year setup because obviously. If we have 384, not 385, we're quote unquote missing a day somewhere, which I'm sure you'll explain which Rosh Chodesh, you know, does what and what setup we have for 5782. But my final observation before I turn to you for that is uh, something that you've already told us because you, you already gave us the excitement in advance to anticipate this. Twice in 5782, we will have three Sifrei Torah during our Shabbos morning services. That is correct. We're going to have Shabbos Hanukkah, and we're actually two years in a row. Not only that, but in in we're going to have many, many times. We're going to have, I mean, r- relatively speaking, 
We're talking about, we just came off of Simchus Torah, of course, which is every year. We're right. going to have Shabbos Hanukkah. And Rosh Hashanah. And then Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Right. And then, bonus, we're going to have Hanukkah again. Right? Back to back. We're going to have Shabbos Hanukkah, three different Torah. 2021 um, and 2022 as Shabbos Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's pretty cool. The next year, next year will happen again. But, um, and then, of course, we can get the longest benching two years in a row. Right. Um. But then enjoy it now. I, I have. A, I actually. I can't tell you how much the excitement of such a moment when it comes. We get it again in 2025, and then we go on a 14-year hiatus. Won't happen again until 2039. That's where it. you have you know the three sefer Hanukkah and the longest benching. Wow, very cool. All right, and how rare is it to have these? Aside from Simchas Torah, of course, to have the two other Shabbatot with three Torahs. How often does that happen? Not often. I don't, I don't have the number. I could probably calculate it. It'd be twice in a year where you have three different right. Tyra. Correct. Um, right. So you get it. We actually had it also this. Um, you didn't get it in a year where um, Rosh Hashanah is on a Monday and uh, there's 30 days of Cheshvan and Kislev. You're going to get it in a year when Rosh Hashanah is on a Tuesday. Um, well, no, 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 I take that back. You need you need leap year. You need Rosh Hashanah on a Monday, like this year. Right. Rosh Hashanah on a Monday on a on a Tuesday. Right. It happens. I don't have the stat, but I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess a total guess. I know I'm going to get. You're going to get an email saying I was off by a few percent. <laughs> I'm going to guess maybe fifteen percent, but uh, that's a guess. I don't have that stat. On. I could have calculated, but it'll take me a few minutes. So. By the way, the Tuesday yeah. Wednesday is the rarest, right, for Tishrei Tuesday Wednesday. Absolutely. Yeah. And that that's an interesting discussion, and and. Takes about a minute to explain, but it's fa- it's fascinating. The Milad is the determinant of Rosh Hashanah. The Milad, of course, being the time of the new moon. So think about it. Rosh Hashanah could fall out on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Shabbos. Okay. Right. If the Milad, without getting into all the details of exactly when the Milad has to fall out, so we'll just make this simple. If the Milad falls out Wednesday or Thursday for all practical purposes, really means Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday or Thursday morning, which is a 24-hour span, Rosh Hashanah is on Thursday. Right. So you get two two out of seven. If the Milan is on you know, Friday or Shabbos, then Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos. You get two two chances, two days. If the if the Milan is Sunday or Monday, Rosh Hashanah is on Monday. Mm-hmm. So you get two chances. Right. For Rosh Hashanah to be on Tuesday, you only get one chance. It's got to fall out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So you only get one of seven chances. And if you look at the, some of the other rules, it's actually even less than that. So it's really just it just it doesn't just fall out that often because of that. And of course, that had the ramifications of of you know the rest of really last year. It impacted more than this year because you know with the Purim Friday and and and, and etc. Someone asked me uh, how today could be Rosh Chodesh if Rosh Hashanah was Tuesday Wednesday because you know the next month is always the following day of the week. But the reality is that Rosh Hashanah's uh, is is an anomaly because it's not a Rosh Chodesh, even though it is. But you know what I'm saying, meaning that usually Rosh I'm Chodesh, right? It's usually the first, the last day of the month, and then it plus the first day of the month, like today. Today's the last day of Tishrei, and then tomorrow is the first of Cheshvan. But with, but of course, Rosh Hashanah is the first and second day of Tishrei. So the next Rosh Chodesh day would be the day after the first day of Rosh Hashanah. That's correct. 
And that's where we are today. That's why today is, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the NFL falls out for today being Rosh Chodesh. Rabbi David Heber is with us. His book, by the way, is called The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. A lot of these subjects are discussed. Over 150 subjects are discussed. He's also doing a webinar later today, which we'll tell you about. Uh, but first, Rabbi Heber, I turn to you. Why 384? Uh, how, what, is the, what is the official setup, if you will, for the year 5782? Okay. So we had, of course, Rosh Hashanah was on a Tuesday. Cheshvan, which is the month we're about to begin, Cheshvan, we begin this evening, is going to be only 29 days, right. and Kislev is going to be 30 days. And the reason for that, that's known as a Kisidron, which means it's in order. And when you think about that, the months have been 29, 30, 29, 30, 29, 30. Without, we're going to get by, by the leap year, it's going to get, it's going to, we'll have 30, two months of 30 in a row. But basically, Kisidron means in order. So this month is 30, next month is 29, then it's 30. Etc. The reason for that is, think way ahead. Next Rosh Hashanah has to fall out on a Monday, right. based on the time of the of the new moon for next Tishrei. Right. In order to facilitate that, for Rosh Hashanah to be on a Monday, it, we got to have 384 days this year. And in order to facilitate that, we need Cheshvan to have 29 days, Kislev to have 30 days, and then everything falls into place. So we'll have that that you know. Kisidron, and therefore Hanukkah is gonna is gonna um, is gonna be on a Monday because of the way it falls. And um, the, this year of fascinating year with the poor week we began right. on a Friday, Pesach on a Sunday, like Bayman on a Friday. This past year, we also continue with the Rosh Hashanah on Tuesday. Right. We also had something. We also had something. The law, most days in a row possible to lane because we laned eleven chutzlarts. We laned eleven days in a row. Beginning with Erev Sukkot was on a Monday. We had um, seven days of Sukkot, two days from Erev Sukkot and then Isruchag, which was about a week ago, was on a Thursday. So we started Erev and Isru were laning days. So nine plus two is eleven. The only time in the Jewish calendar that has eleven days. By the um, by, 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 by the way, I think you discussed this in the book, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yes, yes, the yes. 11. The book. But I, you know, I, got, I have to just tell everybody, in addition, if you, if you, if you found that fascinating, what Rabbi Heber just said about 11 days in a row laning, the brand new book, The Intriguing World of Jewish Time, is over 150 subjects. An amazing trivia, amazing analysis, amazing lumdus, a lot of great stuff. But I got to tell you, Rabbi Heber, and I'm not going to give the answer now because I want people to ask their kids at the Shabbos table. In fact, they should buy your book first so they have the answer in front of them. <laughs> the best of all 150, of all 150, the one we love the most in the Siegel home is how you recite a different Marev Shmona Esrei nine nights in a row. I mean, we had oh. so much fun with that. Now, don't say it. Don't even say the one word that would give it away. There's one great hint that would give it away. But I tell you, folks, you got to buy just for this question. You got to buy the book. <laughs> I won't. I won't. But there's a different question circulating yeah. around, and I just want to talk about that question yeah. and how this one is different yeah. without talking about the nine. Sure. But there was a question going around. Twelve nights in a row, we had different spanestray. Recently, with Sukkot, but that that question was tonight is different than last night, right? Right. In other words, right, you, which was twelve nights in a row right. based on Sukkot and then Yontif, and then it was Atachan uh, Antonu, and, but that's a different and question. so on. That's a different, totally yeah. different question. Right. The question that you're referring to is different. Everyone Mar- was different right. from the others. Right. Everyone Every Mar- Mar- Thank you for reading, and I, right. I can't thank you enough for for your. Oh, you're you're being machazic. By the uh, by the way, and I and I, I said this to a dear friend of mine who has a community of a lot of people who are 
Discovering Judaism. This book is not just for people who are, you know, really familiar with our heritage. There are a lot of people who are just learning about Judaism and just coming into davening, chakras, minchamarev, etc., who would find that question fascinating because they are learning, you know, what it is to say Shmon Esri, etc. And he agreed with me. And and you 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 should know that you know as much as I'm sure you you wrote this book for people like you know like us in mind, you know, who spend their lives in shul, thank God, uh, you know, and and addicted to the Jewish calendar, thank God, and have the 150 year Jewish calendar. I still I still take it with me into the living room after. Shabbos lunch or my hammer and my kid and my kid. I'm honored. <laughs> and my... On that topic, what you're mentioning, <laughs> I want to mention a, a, a which to me is a, a very personal, a beautiful story. Forty. Uh, my my grandfather was a rov, um, and and he was makar of a yid, right? He was makar of a yid. Who today is Erel Chayid with a beautiful family and uh, um, you know our children of Marbus Taira and grandchildren, beautiful family. When he was a chassan, I was a I was a fourth grader, and the, this chassan and his kala ate ate by our house right for Shabbos. They came to us for Shabbos, right. and and we had them, and we knew. Oh, my grandfather was makar of him, and he was getting married. He was very from Erel Chayid, and, and his wife also had recently become from over previous years. And I, I that was in fourth grade. Okay, I remember they got married. I was in fourth grade. My parents went to their wedding. I, I was out of out of town. It wasn't St. Louis. I remember them going. And and I'm sitting at the table, and I didn't remember this, but years later, his kala, who's you know, told me that when I was at the table, I asked the following question: I said, "What's the longest benching?" <laughs> right? I was just a little, I was just a little whippersnapper kid, you know, right? Yeah. And I was asked, "What's the longest benching?" And everybody's, "Oh yeah." And I sitting there with a, with a grin, and I'm saying, "Yeah, it's Shabbos or Shchaydish Hanukkah." And she told me that it had such a meaning <gasps> to her. Wow. Because. Because again, she was very frum, and, and you know she knew benching, and she knew how to bench. And again, today she's a, she's a grandmother, kind of an unbelievable mishpacha. But then she, you know, r- relatively recently become frum over the past few years and worked at it. And putting all this together was like, wow, wow. that's just unbelievable. So I, I always, you know, you mentioned this, Unreal. and I always reflect back on. Uh, yep, I'm on, telling on, you. On I, I, I'm, if you want to give a great bar mitzvah present, folks, or bat mitzvah present for a girl who's uh, interested in. And this type of uh, information, the boys and girls in our community are fascinated by this. Uh, I'm telling you, I could see kids just lying on their bed and, and eating this stuff up. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of, Rabbi Heber? You remember Hechatimtza? No. The book no, Hechatimtza, no. the, the Jewish riddle book? Really? Oh, that's funny. I, and I, yes, I remember the book of lists. I remember the right. Jewish book of lists. I remember the Jewish book of lists. Hecha Timtza was, was a Jewish trivia. You know, how could you have a situation like X, Y, and Z, etc.? It was written, actually, it was very popular, uh, written in the early 1960s by my wife's uncle. And that was, really? and, and I regret that I don't know where my copy of it is because I know my kids would go crazy for it now. And I've gone on the internet looking for it. If anybody out there has any idea where to get an original Hechatimsa, both Hebrew and English, let me know. Let me know. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. NSN app. Rabbi David Heber is with us. He's Kasha's administrator at the Star K, spiritual leader of Kahala. In Baltimore today at what at noon today at noon Eastern time, Rabbi Tzvi Goldberg will host Rabbi Heber for a fascinating discussion on the topic of the intriguing world of Jewish time. They're going to be doing um, more of what we're doing now. Uh, the Jewish calendar and Zmani Hayom are complex, and Rabbi Heber makes the topic clear and easy to understand with this amazing brand new work, which includes 150 questions and answers on Jewish time. Uh, the r- webinar is today at 12 noon Eastern time. 
Um, to submit questions, you can email webinar at star-k.org, webinar at star-k.org. Uh, and, of course, the um, the uh, the program is available to everybody at 12 noon. I'm just trying to get the best way. Yeah. Um, you could go, yeah, webinar. You could, you could sign up. You could literally sign up. I want to make this as easy as possible because it's hard for people to write stuff down now. Uh, webinar at star-k.org, and they'll sign you up. Webinar at star-k.org, and they will sign you up. How's the book doing, Rabbi Heber? Are you getting a nice reaction? Baruch Hashem. Yeah, yeah, Baruch Hashem. Uh, it, it, you know, we, I get a few calls here and there, and uh, people, you know, in town who saw it. And uh, Baruch Hashem, it's very good. I, I, learning. I announced that you get you're... corrections. You get corrections from no. people already. There. No way. <laughs> I don't believe that. Well, <laughs> well, the correction, the correction came on a on a on a missed Maramakim where I, I I wrote in the Hakdama I wrote uh, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what it is because Ezel Chacham Arayis Anoila that was part of my introduction discussion right. so off the cuff right I said oh that's Pirkei Avos Ezel Chacham right well one second Pirkei Avos Ezel Chacham Haloyim Mikol Adam right right <laughs> so he wrote me he wrote I think it's a Tumbid Daflavet Beis I think he wrote me so okay the second version we will uh, will. We'll work on it, Mr. Shem. Wow. I want to know two things, though, sure. on on things that are near and dear to you sure. regarding coming up in the year. Number one is the clap. That's your oh! ultimate favorite topic. Thank God, you brought, thank God you brought this up. Now, I'm assuming this is going to happen during Hanukkah, right? Oh, yeah, big time. Because on Matzei Shabbos, Hanukkah, which is, which is that day where we have that longest benching. Right. And we have the second rare Shemun Esrei, which will be the Musaf. A Musaf Hanukkah with Ul Chaparas Pasha, right? That's the second Rashi Manasseh. Right? right. For the first Rashi Manasseh, see the book, right? Right. Um, but at night, Matzah Shabbos, it's going to be Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah. So the Gabe is going to clap for Yalviyavai, right? right? It's going to be Yalviyavai. But that's we also start saying the same, uh, the same Talmud Rocha that night. <laughs> So Gabayim, <laughs> listen to Nachum Siegel very carefully. Make sure you announce right the same bracha because if you just clap, people can say, "Oh, it's Rishchaydish tonight," and they can say Yalvi Yavai, and then there's every there's gonna be a buzz in the in the audience of the, the tibur. Um, hey, one second, well, why don't you tell us to say the same bracha over here? So, but it's even guess more. What my shear is going to be about that night. You but know, it, my shear at the end of Shabbos. And by the way, those wondering why it's Matzei Shabbos is because next year is a secular leap year, right? Um. Otherwise, it would be uh, the day uh, before. No, 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 no. Next day, no. In other words, it's Matzei Shabbos because December fourth is Shabbos. It was December oh, I apologize. December fourth by my regular business. Right. I December fourth is a Shabbos, I believe. One, and they're from Matzei yeah, Shabbos. I, I apologize. I apologize. I was looking at November, but one second, I thought if next year's a leap year. Uh, is, oh, next, not, next, year's not, next year's not a leap year. Right, next year's not a leap year. Right, next year in the secular guy, it would matter December fifth or sixth. So the night of December fourth, which is which is quote unquote Arla December fifth, we start saying the Saint Talamutter. That's correct. That's correct. The next thing of major discussion is going to be we we have in a month from now Rosh Chodesh exactly a month we have a convergence that's going to make make um, a, a lot of I, I guess I'll say stress. But everybody should just tell their boss they'll be late to work that day a little bit because the, we, we turn the clock ahead the latest possible day. November 7th is right. the first in America, first Sunday in November. That's right. going to be November the 7th, right. which is the absolute latest, which means the week preceding that 
is going to have the latest sunrises in any city. And Zmanfila. Zmanfila right. and Zmanfila. Right. I mean, you're talking about in Detroit, you're talking about sunrise, you know, well after 8 o'clock. Wow. Well after 8 a.m. 8 and even in, in, I know in Baltimore, it's going to be like, I think, 7.40 sunrise. In New York, it's going to be also very late. That Friday is Rish Chaydesh. Oh, boy. Right. So everyone wants to roll back Rish Chaydesh, you know, to not start early. Right. But you can't start early. Those early minyanim, it's going to be pitch black. It's yeah. going to be before Alaysa Shachar. It's going to be wow. before Zman. So you can't daven before Alaysa Shachar. Um, and, and therefore, you got to, you know, the Rav should sit down and analyze with the Kabbalim exactly how early you could start. And, and you know, those early minyan and Rishchaydish are just going to have to have, have to manage um, and, and, you know, do it, do it properly. So, again, you know, work a little bit late. And, uh, so that's a one-day one, one day Rosh Chodesh on Friday, November 5th. Correct. That's correct. The whole week's going to be hard. Right. The whole week is right. very late. Even regular minyanim that normally yeah. start, you know, 6.15, 6 o'clock, but Rosh Chodesh, it's... it's yeah. They already it becomes an- much more complicated. They already announced up here that uh, that our Sunday minion a week from this Sunday is going to be six oh five instead of six o'clock because they need time to you know put on tefillin before you shabbach. So exactly. So they're exactly. going they're going to you know they they they, they can't put on tefillin before zman tefillin, so they're not going to start. But you know uh, yeah, you get the whole thing. I'm <laughs> right, 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 Nor- Normally absolutely. they start six and get the shabbach six fifteen, knowing that they can't get the shabbach till six twenty, so they're going to start six oh five. By the way, on the clop issue, it's even more complicated than you said, I believe. It's even more complicated than you said. I'll tell you why. Not only do you have the Yalaviyavo and the Vesaint Talamutar, which both, of course, have to be said that night, but people often are confused during Hanukkah if that late in Hanukkah they're still clopping for Alanisim or not. So it, oh, that's true also, right? right. Like, what's the guy doing over right. here? Like, we so, know what's going So it, if someone hears two clops, it's possible they'll think, oh, Yalaviyavo and Alanisim. I would argue that to cover all bases, you might have to bang three times that night. <laughs> that's right, right, right. But you're allowed, by Marv, you're allowed to call out. Right, and Mincha, um, right? Yeah, Mincha <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, right. Anyway, yeah. Oh, so, that's anyway, true, so that's true. So that night they'll make it clear by just shouting out all the instructions. But it's so Correct. much, but it's so much cooler in yeshivish when you just clop, Rabbi Heber. <laughs> right, I understand. I understand. Right, yeah. I want to point out one thing yeah. in the book. Besides, besides, um, you know, all the interesting, like longest and the most often. Right. I, I didn't want it only to be, you know, just all the like, you know, interesting, like uh, trivia you right. know, things. So I put in certain explanations of of things that are, you know, modern related. Uh, besides, very calendar related and. You know the mechanics of the calendar and the mylad and so on, but um, you know even even issues of like just Yoivel, right? We know in Yoivel, um, we, we, the the avodim went free. Exactly, you know when did that happen and when did they blow the shayfer on Yoivel or Hakel? Hakel next year after Hakel they celebrated all of all of Kalisol, all the Yidden came together in. Uh, by the base of Migdash and celebrated Hakel. Exactly what time was that? When during Sukkot was that? It's fascinating. There are different opinions um, as to what that is. Or there's a Gemara in Brachas that says uh, Bilam, you know, cursed uh, Klai Yisrael during a rega, which is a very short span of time. Do you know there's like eight different opinions? How long is a rega? It's, it's, how many milliseconds is a, is a rega? So I, I actually looked up, I researched this topic, 
and 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 look to see exactly how long how long that is. So some of it is just explanations of you know things that we do or you know halachas and getting a, a deeper understanding or how to write rishchidish on a ksuba. Right. Um, you, you write rishchidish. Don't you write? What if you have a ksuba? This is always talk. You go to weddings and you're waiting around and saying. We're waiting until it gets dark because right. we don't want to predate the ksuba. Right. I go through those halachas of you know early ksuba, a late ksuba. Um, so again, besides all the you know the the um, the interesting tidbits, uh, which I which uh, are, are which we find fascinating, if you you give the opportunity to address on the show, you know for many years, and I greatly appreciate it. But we get into some of the interesting you know halachic, a little a little more serious. Type of type of discussions that we that we have. Order the book now, everybody. IsraelBookshopPublications.com. IsraelBookshopPublications.com. It's called the Intriguing World of Jewish Time. Rabbi David Heber. Information about uh, the seminar, the webinar, rather uh, at noon today. Um, it's webinar at star-k.org. Webinar at star-k.org. You'll be able to start an email exchange and get signed up for that if you want to. Uh, if you want to um, participate at twelve noon Eastern time today. Uh, on the webinar on this very same topic, um, I, I think it's the you, you do mention yard sites in the book, and I think yes. I, I think I've mentioned to you that my father had this custom of uh, not just you know getting uh, Kabbalah Shabbos and Musaf before a yard site, uh, but he actually davened erev Shabbos Mincha through Matzah Shabbos Mariv on the Shabbos before he had yard site. That was his. Well, fascinating. Yeah, very fascinating. So I asked. We talk about that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think that his yard site can never be on Shabbos, but I believe my mother's yard site this year is on Shabbos. What happens the prior Shabbos? Are are my customs of of what I do for davening, whether it's Kabbalah Shabbos, Musaf, or everything, does it apply to the Shabbos before that Shabbos? Do I get Mafter and Aliyah that Shabbos? How does it work when yard site's on Shabbos? Tumen Hagim, Tumen Hagim. Summer night to take, and summer night to uh, you know do, to do it bow by yom. I would say most shuls don't, especially big shuls, because you come and say I need aliyah this Shabbos, right. next Shabbos. They'll tell you, you know, you know we're not knowing that. But if if you have that minig, then you could you know find a minion that'll that'll grant you that opportunity on the Shabbos. But if before. you're gonna, but if you're gonna get one of the maftirs, you should get a bow by yom. The later one. You should yeah, get absolutely, the absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. We get into the first yard site when you right. keep or yard site leap years, and man, if someone dies during during Benishmash. It's my great grandfather, whose who's site, he came to America a hundred years ago. Wow. He was a Shemesh Shabbos grocer. His name was Yosef Hakain Greenfield. He came Erevim Kipper a hundred years ago to these shores. Um, he he passed away um, in nineteen forty five. Um, Benish Mushes between the first and second day of Sukkot. Wow. He's, he's, his kever is in Queens, and his son, my uncle, Baruch Greenfield, was a Talmud of Ramesha. Ramesha told my uncle that we, Ramesha, you keep the second day. When someone dies, Benish Mushes. The Geshachayim holds the first day. Ramesha held the second day. Wow. And they actually changed on the kever. If you look carefully, you could see they, they you know, because Ramesha Paskin, that they should keep the later day, and they actually, you know, Kind of fixed uh, the olive to the to base. You see a little bit scratch uh, on the cover, like Ramesha. So all all it's, it's fascinating. Interesting. It's fascinating. This this point. Can I end with two two one story that has two parts? Sure. Uh, not 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 directly with calendars, but <laughs> yeah. I in, in the book in the Hakdama, I thanked you know a number of people, yourself included. Thank you. But I also thank, of course, my parents and then and, and my father, who got me very interested in this topic. And, and many other people. But two interesting, I, I thank my ninth grade rabbi, Rashul Five Weiss, and I actually brought him a copy in Lakewood. Wow. He, he retired and lives in Lakewood. He, he, 
you know, he taught me how to learn initially and coming out of day school in Chicago tells. And he, he knew I had this interest and he once called me over and says, look, look at this safer. Look what he talks about the international dateline. And, and I was like, wow, Rebbe, unbelievable. But I also, and I brought him a copy and he, it was just so thrilling to, to come into his home and, uh, and, and, you know, bring him a copy. But I have a Rebbe in Eretz Yisrael. His name is Rebbe Hanina Rabinowitz. He was my eighth grade Rebbe in, in Epstein Hebrew Academy, which was the only day school at the time in St. Louis. My father was a Rebbe there for many years. And some of your listeners are ex-classmates here, so they'll, they'll remember, or ex-academy uh, right. uh, academy right. alumni, right. and they'll remember him very fondly. He lives in Eretz Yisrael. And when I was in eighth grade, he told me, I'm going to write a book called Trivias David. Huh? <laughs> as a trivias, which is the trivia of David. So, so I was had it in the back of my mind. I didn't name the book Trivias David, <laughs> but I, 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 I had to get him a copy. I had uh, to get him a copy, and I, I thank him in the book also for just initially planting the, the idea. I have a nephew learning in Eretz Yisrael in the mirror, my nephew Shmuley, and, and I, I got him, sent him a copy with someone going to Eretz Yisrael, and he brought it to him. And yesterday, I got a call from my Rebbe, Rebbe Rabinowitz, who I hadn't spoken to in a number of years, and it was it was just thrilling. What can I tell you? I can only imagine. Really, I can only imagine. My gosh! Yeah. Well, what a great accomplishment! And so many people in this audience, and I know around the world, just love what you've done with this topic, and and love when we discuss it. By the way, uh, our app has blown up with everything having to do with parochas. Apparently, Broyers has a parochas for Rosh Hashanah, another one for Sarasimei Chuva, another one for Yom Kippur, one for Shalosh Regalim. The Sukkis one is taken out immediately after Yontem, and then they have a special one for Shabbos Mavarchim. So obviously, that's the one they use for Shabbos. Okay, oh, there we go. Rabbi so Tedler, Rabbi Tedler of blessed memory. His shul in Muncie has a special Shalosh Regalim parochas that's, of course, taken down after the Shalosh Regalim. So <laughs> we've got... Okay, they, so everyone has. <laughs> everyone's got my, my wife is from Yekesha descent. And my, my in-laws both grew up in Kilis Yaakov or my Breslauer shul. So I have to find out how they were not... Yeah. Uh, what their meaning was oh, uh, as well. And one listener pointed out to me that, uh, speaking of important calendaric trivia, Rabbi Heber, are you aware of the fact that your St. Louis Cardinals have a very important game tonight? Has the youth uh, has the youth of the community told you about that, Rabbi Heber? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have to check on I I did hear that, but I didn't... I didn't yeah, now that you mentioned it, I heard the game is Wednesday, actually. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I say that because even the greatest of Torah giants who I've met, who in their youth were steeped in uh, in sports and youthful activities, that many of them would always say to me, you know, obviously I pay zero attention to this, but if I hear they win, it puts a smile on my face. So, you know. 100%. Amen. Amen. Rabbi Heber, Mazal Tov on the book. Everybody out there, it's IsraelBookshopPublications.com. The book is entitled The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. Rabbi Heber, it's appropriate for me to say on this Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan, a happy, healthy, and sweet, tough shin pay base to you and your family. To you too, and you and your listeners, and uh, everybody should be gesund, everybody should be well. And, um, you know, we should, this year we should merit the Geula. And uh, we'll, we'll, as I wrote in the Hakdama to the book, you're going to laugh at this. I wrote, you know, Mashiach should come soon, and then most of these answers will have to be changed. That's right. <laughs> That's a great insight. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a great insight. Yeah. Rabbi Heber, thank you so much. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. More coming up. It's Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh at JM in the AM. <laughs> 